2: Gotta do now is the Australian
0: culture test. Three simple questions, three collective. answers, and you together? go through that doorway to the
1: greatest little
0: country in the world. Yes, you do. You go into the greatest little country in the world, which of course is Australian cinema and other things that are going on in the Australian visual, moving visual world. And in the studio, we've got Giles from the Australian Film Workshop.
2: Artist Film Workshop. Oh, I got it wrong. But we can be Australian as well. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It doesn't matter if it's Australian or not.
2: I wanted to say something in particular at the start, which was, hello. (laughs) That was my uh, reference to to the Dale Cooper character of Twin Peaks. I hope that some of the listeners got that reference. I'm pretty excited (laughs) about
0: it. Uh, wasn't that music just fantastic?
2: Yeah, we were really loving that.
0: Yeah, you have to listen to Arts Express or else uh, you, you you're just not happening. It's quite clear.
2: Or visit some visit readings and pick up another. Well, it's called copy that uh,
0: CD. Jazz meets Africa. Yeah. Wild, absolutely. Terry wild. Clark,
2: I think that track was.
0: That's amazing. Was bad. Anyway, by the by, you're here for a reason, and not yeah. not. Uh, just to be Australian or to be artistic. Actually, it's more to be about being artistic. Or to be Dale Cooper. Or to be Dale Cooper. Or Bob. Uh, yeah. Now, explain to people out there what the Artist Film Workshop is, again.
2: So, so we're, we're a, a, a workshop located inside another workshop, which is Arena uh, Publishing and Printing in Fitzroy, in Kerr Street, Fitzroy, and we have our own little section of the workshop and we, we run some screenings and we run workshops, obviously. We also just work uh, on, on small-gauge cinema, so film and 16 uh, millimeter film and 8 millimeter film predominantly. But tonight we're going to be having a screening of um, a film from the National Film and Sound Archive, which is part of a series that we've been running for the last couple of years on the last Thursday of every month. And tonight we have a, an Australian example because it doesn't have to Artist be. Film it doesn't. Workshop.
0: Well, if it if it's from the Australian Film and Sound Archive, then it would be Australian.
2: Well, yeah, you'd think so, but but there's definitely a large component to the F- Film and Sound Archive which is international films that have oh, been wow. mm. that have found their way into the collections surreptitiously.
0: Oh, which is another question. Donated in by
2: foreign entities, the Goethe Institute making sure that we're understanding what's going on in different parts of the world.
0: Oh, is that interesting? I didn't know that.
2: Mm. So there's lots of... um, The collection at the NFSA, it's a public collection, obviously, but it holds uh, an extraordinarily large amount of uh, film and and, and, um, visual and sound materials that have been collected, first of all, by the National Library and then... Become part of the National Film and Sound Archive. I think in the in the late nineties uh, when it was created.
0: That's right. Yeah. Uh, the film that you're showing tonight is uh, My Life Without Steve, which was made in 1986 by Gillian Leah Lee? Leigh. Leigh. That's how mm-hmm. you say it. Uh, and um, when you, to, in order to get this film, mm-hmm. did you? Is it the old method that they used to have, where you? Uh, Book it and well, then it comes down or what?
2: The old method was Australia Post, but apparently that's no longer functioning in the way we'd like it to function. So Things we have, could just get lost. We have um, received a parcel in the in the mail via some kind of uh, surreptitious... Like an owl um, or something? <laughs> well, a private um, delivery company operating out of a... Sort of anonymous space in Kensington.
0: Okay, so th- that's the thing. You you ordered it and they sent we, it.
2: They ordered, We ordered it. They sent it. It's arrived. Everything's so far going. To, going and is to plan. it sixteen mil? It's on sixteen millimeter. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a it's a it's a print. That's a print. That's part of the non theatrical lending collection. Um, we um, are a film screening society, and so we're able to lend prints from the collection and screen them. And so we have a membership-based um, structure for the screening society, which means that people can come and uh, pay $20 to uh, well, you can pay be a member a for a member three for months. Yeah,
0: for mm-hmm. three months. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. We don't do
2: one-off them. screenings because that's not how the, um, the lending collection works. So it's a membership-based screening society.
0: Well, that's fascinating. And mm-hmm. does that mean that, uh, say, my life without Steve? Because mm-hmm. my first acquaintance with that film was years ago at, at the State Film Centre, mm-hmm. which used to run a cinema down, and the cinema's still there. I'll have to say, mm. uh, it's called something else, something like the Parliament Cinema or, or something. The Treasury Cinema. The Treasury Cinema. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's it. But anyway, it was a very nice little cinema, actually, mm. w- with you know about 150 seats, mm-hmm. big screen. Uh, so we got to see this film, uh, Life Without Steve, on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Now in uh, present day, would that be... Uh, is, if someone wanted to see this film, mm. uh, would they have to come to a screening like yours or have they dubbed them off and made them into...
2: Yeah, I mean, the film is available in, in different formats, as you can imagine. I spoke to Gillian on the phone about this the other day and she said the film, when they made it, was... Um, produced with the idea of thirty five millimeter prints, sixteen millimeter prints, which is where I imagine um, the film was made on a on a camera shooting sixteen millimeter film. That's that right, time, and then blown up. And then made into a thirty five millimeter print. It's subsequently been um, you know, uh, made available on video and D V D and so on. So there are a number of ways of of seeing the film, maybe through your your local library's collection and so on. But um, Gillian was particularly interested in the idea that it was being screened um, on in its f- original on film. format yeah she she was concerned for it for it to be shown on on thirty five mil perhaps uh, that's a bigger uh better quality perhaps in some ways uh, version yeah. of the film the one that you maybe have, would have seen in um, the treasury cinema but um I think we we don't necessarily have a big screen but we're we're a, um a sort of more I guess community-oriented, a more film intimate um, experience. Society. So, yeah, no, it's no, a more it's, a, it's a experience. nice
0: and it's a nice thing because actually, uh, my life with out Steve is quite an experimental film, really in its yeah. approach, isn't
2: it? Yeah, so I guess it's part of what you would call the observational documentary movement. It's inspired by Chris Marker's film um, *Sunless*, um, in particular. Uh, Gillian told me that she spent a lot of time analysing that film and was um, thinking a lot about what Marco was doing when she made My Life Without Steve. But obviously um, it's a very personal film as well. So uh, I'd, I'd probably call it an artist film in the sense that it's not strictly a documentary and it's not necessarily a, a feature film in the sense of a you know. No, no, it's, it,
0: it's, it's more like a... Um a uh, filmic poetry poem, but mm-hmm. it's also uh, is interestingly enough about something that lots of people have a, a strong connection to, which mm-hmm. is about uh, a breakup mm-hmm. and then what a person does in order to be able to rebuild or not rebuild themselves mm. after that event. Uh, and so that does lend itself to a poetic sort of a, a visual approach, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day, and she just separated from her partner whose name was Stephen. <laughs> so she felt a particular attachment to the, uh, at least to the title of this film.
0: That's exactly right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's a fascinating idea, but this is not the. This is what uh, this is a film, as you said, part of a. A sequence of films that you do across. Yeah, a
2: program that we ha- we run every Thurs every last Thursday of the, month, of the month, ten times a year. So excluding January and, and December, but because uh, you
0: go on holidays like yeah, normal yeah.
2: people, yeah, to the south of France, yeah, to the south. <laughs> <of Yeah. laughs> Except it's the wrong time of the year when we get there, so yeah, we that's have to right. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like
0: travels with my aunt or something.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we do do other things. And so, uh, yeah, we have some things coming up on uh, the weekend as well. We're, we're oh, gonna... We'll talk
0: about that in a minute. I want to yeah. know about the program first.
2: Oh, the program, we've been running for a couple of years now. I think we're up to the 28th uh, screening. And um, it started out initially as a a way of advocating for the National Film and Sound Archive's collection, it's, collection. It's a lending collection. Um, it was in danger of being sort of taken out of public cir- circulation. At least the film side of it, and with the changes to Australia Post and the idea that uh, increasingly content was being delivered online or maybe being digitised and made available in in other and ways. It was
0: unnecessary.
2: So film and 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 videos, VHS, other formats were, were increasingly being seen as, as unnecessary. But but RR you know make...
0: it, it's interesting because every time there's a change in format mm. uh, or technology, mm. a whole range of things gets lost.
2: Get made obsolete.
0: Yeah. Well, mm. they no. But these are film. They, every film that someone's made is actually or music. You know, a, a LP or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean. Every society just takes on board the things that everybody thinks is special. It's a bit like a a, um, time capsule that's Mm. put into a spaceship or something, Mm. where a whole range of stuff that's actually part of the actual full expression of Mm. a movement uh, are taken out. Mm. You know, it's like a mouth with only two teeth, actually. Is that, who, was that your argument?
2: Who's who's making these decisions? That's, that's what right. I want to know. Yeah, that's well, what I want to know. Our argument is, is more that we are interested in showing films on a format which they were made on and also which is important for understanding what the films themselves are. So the idea of having a, a 16mm film camera that you can hold in your hands and create a film, especially a, a poetic film like Gillian's film, it's important to think about the way in which the film was being made and and how the film was being produced through its um material circumstances printing the camera original uh film um editing that probably on a Steenbeck and yes creating different um rolls and then making a master master negative and, and and striking the the screening prints from that this is all part of i suppose what was going through Jillian's um, uh, work process, and, and it and it becomes a part of the film itself. And so, we're interested in showing films that also reflect the mode of their production.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. You're on Showreel with Annie, and we're talking to Giles from the Artist Film Workshop which is in Kerr Street, just around the corner in Fitzroy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, they're having screenings tonight, in fact, of uh, My Life Without Steve.
2: And you're all welcome.
0: And you're all welcome. And you could even do a $20 three-month membership, three consecutive screenings, because they do screenings every last Thursday of the month, except for January and December, December and January. Mm -hmm. You could also become an annual... Member or for sixty dollars to get ten screenings, which is you've got to admit Not a bargain. Bad. Yeah, that's a bargain. Mm. Well, uh, just before we leave the, this particular part of the subject that mm. I want to have a conversation with you about, what's on
2: next? So next we have a filmmaker from the UK whose name is Ben Rivers, very kind of uh, contemporary filmmaker in many ways. His films being shown in film festivals and, you know, uh, contemporary art galleries and so on. And one of our members is a friend of his and has been in the uh, the UK or in um, Europe recently and been able to to sort of secret away some prints <laughs> back um, into the country. And so we're going to be watching some of his films uh, next month in June. And then the following month we're going to be focusing on our own um, Uh, members films and so we're going to show a selection of films that we've made in the last few years by um, Hannah Chetwin, Madeline Martinello and Chiu and Lam um, amongst maybe a few others and uh, so that would be more of a focus on I guess what we've been doing at the Film Lab as much as just screening other people's films. The Green Left
0: Weekly Annual Comedy Debate with Rod Quantock is on again. Saturday June the 17th at the Brunswick Town Hall. MC Extraordinaire Rod Quantock will host two teams of comedians debating whether fake news is real news. Comedians include Sean Bedlam, Gabe Hogan, Shirley Hood, Kirsty Mack, Morven Smith, and Pauline Fartson Hellchild. The Green Left Weekly annual comedy debate, Saturday, June the seventeenth, at the Brunswick Town Hall, corner Sydney Road and Dawson Street, Brunswick. Doors open at six thirty p.m. For bookings, go to. Trybooking.com forward slash Q-A-E-N or call 9639 8622. That's 9639 8622. A 3CR supporter.
1: Hi, my name is Rolf Deheer. I don't live in Melbourne. I live across the water in Tasmania. But if I did live in Melbourne, my number one radio station would be 3CR because it's about community and community matters.
0: Yes, you're on Showreel with Annie and we're here talking to Giles from the Artist Film Workshop. I have to uh, redeem myself by saying that many times now. Not at all. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Giles, uh, you don't just have a screening on tonight. Uh, oh, we forgot to say what time it's on.
2: It's going to be 7.30 for an 8 o'clock start.
0: Right, great. And uh, the actual address is 2 Kerr Street, Fitzroy. Uh But uh, you've got something else happening on Sunday. It's Sunday the 27th? Is Saturday. Saturday the 27th, so I've got my uh, end dates wrong. Uh, You've got a workshop.
2: Yeah, we're going to be doing some processing of uh, E6 uh, colour reversal film. So we have a new process, I think, that that Richard is going to come down from Dalesford and and introduce us to. But essentially we uh, take film that we've shot in camera um, head into the dark room and load the film into 100 feet spirals of of, um, of what's called a LOMO tank and then run it through the processing um, stage and and, and uh, develop the films ourselves in the lab. And so there's a new process that um, is being introduced to us about how we can do that. Obviously, um, film processing chemicals go through different changes depending on the industry and so on and as film becomes less uh common or less commonly used by a big industry there's you know changes in the way in which you can access chemicals and so we're going to be looking at that we're also going to be shooting with a um an eclair camera which allows us to record sync sound at the same time as uh, shooting shooting the images. Oh right. And so we're going to be running a little workshop about how to sync sound at the same time as shooting a scene. And is that internal 16mm. to the camera? Um I think it's going to be about using an external recording device that's synced to the camera. That's right. Using a thing called a crystal sync.
0: Which isn't that wasn't that the normal way of doing it?
2: Well if you can imagine the clapperboard at the start of every scene. Yes. There was often a separation between the images being shot in the camera and the sound recording which was happening on a separate um, machine apparatus and yeah. then the clapperboard allowed you to um, put those scenes back together yeah but as you could probably also imagine the speeds at which the tape is running and the speed at which the camera is running was often something that could cause problems for yeah, the Yeah, go out of playbour. sync, as they used to yeah. say. So the the idea is that you, we're going to investigate how, how we can continue to sync film images to sound images. To and I
0: presume you could actually get a result if you decided not to do it in sync. Mm. You get an artistic um, decision being made because... Whenever it goes out of sync, it actually has really quite a compelling effect mm. on the viewer. So we thought,
2: we're, we're thinking about, I guess, diegetic sound and the idea that what you're seeing is what you're hearing at the same time, but there's a number of different ways well, of Well, that d- that's that. just
0: another conversation, really, isn't yeah. it? When you say that... Um, uh, let's go just slightly back because I, I mean I'm, this is actually quite specialist but this is obviously another part of what you do at the Artist Film Workshop mm. because you're dedicated to uh, using small gauge film mm-hmm. uh, at, rather than digital. Now there's a whole range of possibilities in regards to the result, the visual result mm-hmm. you get on mm. the film when you do the uh, uh, actual developing mm-hmm. Um because there were a whole range of, you know, like the the difference in colour and all the different things you can bring out or not bring out, these chemicals that you're using, uh, what are what are you um, expecting?
2: Well, because we're actually shooting and processing the the film ourselves in the lab, there's any number of things that you can do to the film directly or during the processing stages that can affect the outcome. One. I guess um, particularly interesting example is is called solarization which um, allows for the processing um, of color film to be um, and you can even get this effect with black and white as well but to create a sort of um, a halo effect I suppose on the on the images and that's to do with how you expose uh, the film initially and and then process it and also re-expose it during the processing of the film at certain stages
0: I can see the attraction for Mm. why you guys think it's so interesting to Mm. uh, middle. Mm. It's a very hands-on thing, isn't it? It's quite different from a digital approach.
2: Yeah, and when you get tired of sitting in front of a computer screen and your eyes feel like they're sort of falling out of of your head, then maybe you can turn to something a bit more um, reliant on manual dexterity. Tactile. That's what
0: you're on about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a quite a different creative process, quite mm-hmm. interesting. How many people in your group at the moment?
2: Um, there's normally about 15 to 20 people that are involved in the lab at any one time, depending on who's in town and who's away and what stages people are up to in their respective projects. But, you know, we're always kind of um, open to, to new members, so anyone who'd like to come down and have a look. And, and, and are you linked
0: do. to other people around the world?
2: Yeah, there's actually quite a strong... Um, I guess what you'd call artist uh, film labs movement in different parts of the world. Richard um, and Diana, um, who live in Dalesford and who run their own sort of small commercial uh, processing lab, they have links to lots of people in different parts of the world, in Seoul, for example, in um, Europe, in, in Portugal, in America. Um, oh, that's so fascinating. There's lots of. Uh, uh, locations popping up around the world where people are doing, doing these things. One of the film lab members, um, Hannah, was just in South America, um, in Argentina, and was working with the lab there. And, and they actually, um, to dry their film, would bring it outside and, and hang it in the wind after they'd processed it.
0: Oh, fantastic! Yeah. So uh, people can find out more about you, you guys, because you've got you do have a digital presence.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're not we're not afraid of of the digital world. We're just not convinced by it. I suppose. <laughs> it's great. So we have a, a website artistfilmworkshop dot org with all the information about the screening tonight and about the workshops and things that are coming up. So if you're interested, I'd suggest yeah visiting that.
0: You're on Showreel with Annie, and I'm talking to uh, Giles from the Artist Film Workshop and. I would like to tell you about a couple of things which he'll he'll be interested in too because uh, there's a couple of classics that are being shown around town that you one in particular a particular event that's being shown at the Nova on Sunday the twenty third July uh, three p.m. so you've got lots of warning but it's worthwhile putting it in your diary and buying a ticket because they're going to show Battleship Potemkin and a man with a movie camera. Now, Battleship Potemkin is very well known, you know, the fabulous scene um, going down the staircase, which many an American mainstream movie maker has actually emulated. Um, the, the connection between
2: the Russians and the Americans is very interesting again all of a sudden so yeah. I think we all need to revisit this um, Yeah, yeah, this, this thing <laughs> Earlier moment
0: Yeah, but this the one that's absolutely uh, has to be seen is the vertok experimental 1929 silent documentary A Man with a Movie Camera and it presents urban life in the Soviet city of Kiev Kharkov, uh, Moscow and Odessa It's Absolutely fascinating to know about this particular filmmaker because he started off as a newsreel man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and his wife, his wife used to do, and he's the one. He's the one that um, and his brother and his brother, yeah, and his and they were the ones that inserted the first uh, headshot cutaway to Trotsky, like Trotsky standing there with a group of people all around him mm-hmm. and it cu- and they cut this, the, the uh, shot where they have all of them there and then they cut to his face mm-hmm. and then they cut to the crowd again. Mm. This is a huge moment.
2: For cinema. For
0: cinema. It just brilliant stuff uh, because previously it was still camera just staring at whatever went in front mm. of it uh which is also fascinating but this was uh, just for this guy was a, f- a phenomenon mm-hmm. and then he met stalin and that was the end of him not <laughs> not entirely cuz stalin was really into total propaganda but uh, he had to run off and take pictures of the world outside uh, stalin's purview so vertov
2: him. vertov is a you know yeah an absolutely original yeah. Uh, figure in in the history of cinema, yeah. and um, he made you know hours and hours of, of of films. And one of the things that I really liked about um, what they were doing at that point in a you know sort of Russian revolutionary era was riding around on a, on a train, yes, on a train that was fitted right. out with a with a film lab on it. Yeah. So that after they'd shot in one city and they were traveling to the next, they they'd would be showed. processing. The images that they'd just shot, and they'd be able to show them to the crowds waiting for them when they...
0: did you know this other piece of information about those people that they um had very little film stock, and so they came up with a process where they could scrub off the previous footage mm-hmm. and then reuse it right, which means of course it's a it's a shocking thing for uh archives mm. to not that's why there's so little that remains of their amazing work. Right. I
2: uh, didn't know that.
0: Isn't it? Yeah, so the, no. And there's the, another the bleaching
2: one, and reapplication of the emulsion.
0: Yeah, isn't that interesting? Mm. Um uh Before we go, because we're coming to the end of the program But if you also, there's also, that one is a fantastic thing to put in your diary Sunday the 23rd of July, 3pm at the Nova But there's also going to be, and it's already started, a series of films Ten of Kawasawa's greatest works put together by David Stratton And it's on at the Acme. It's uh, started on May the 26th Oh, in fact that might be too That's on Saturday No, that's Friday Friday S- Starts on Friday Hasn't started May the 26th to June the 8th And if you want to know more about that That's acme.net.au Forward slash events Forward slash essential Dash Kawasawa But I'm sure if you just went to Acme You'd find it
2: So if you're a dedicated cinema enthusiast You really should A You could come to our screening tonight You could go to the Kurosawa screening tomorrow night You can And then see save the up
0: Virtov. to see the off in July In July And that's it That's a wrap on showreel We'll go out with uh, I've got a thing Jesus on the mainland by Cindy Boist. There you go Where we got Jesus on
1: the Jesus, oh me Now with a belly full of gin. Jesus, oh man! And they say it's just for me. Yeah, miss him in the winter and I miss him in the spring. I saw him down in London with a diamond ring. Yeah, we got Jesus. his big book, telling his stories and rhymes about the good and evil in his crazy town. Billy says tall and handsome man is really rough and mean, threw him down to Bangkok and he's in the Tullum Marine.